Welcome to the Prodigal and the Priest podcast, a podcast about faith, sports, and two friends from different cultures. Here are your hosts, Joey Scansella and Father Paul Bechter. Hello and happy summer. Happy summer. <laughs> Traditional greeting. Name this uh, movie quote. In summer. I have no idea. Disney movie. Uh, Frozen. Ah, yeah, Did I get Olaf, it right? the, the yes. snowman, yes. He's like, in summer, you know. So he, is that, yeah. is he singing about, like, what summer would be like, he like everything's frozen? He, like, dreams that, yeah, yeah, he can, like, live in summer and all of this, and so, yeah, yeah, you know, I your favorite right. movie, Frozen. Yeah, I've never, I almost saw it one time. I don't know if we've been, been have we this. talked about, uh, there were seminarians watching it at the NAC, oh, and, okay. Uh, I like stopped in the lounge and then decided not to stay. Right. So Deacon Alex Fry is calling us right now and we're ignoring his phone yeah. call. So Screening. that's right. So Deacon Alex, take that. He doesn't listen. He told me he doesn't listen to our <laughs> podcast. So there you go. That's what you get. Okay. Little, little uh, update. Here we go. Cause you probably haven't heard from us since like May 4th. So mm. right after May 4th, we were supposed to have a podcast my daughter Sophia got pneumonia. Remember, so we had to cancel because she was like she had like walking pneumonia, never a cough, never at anything, just running this super high fever. And took her in as like, yeah, she has pneumonia. Her lung is terrible, and so had to take care of her. And then she's better. Next week we're about to podcast, and then it was Tuesday night. We were watching. I think Tuesday night, May 10th, we were watching the Mavs game together on our back porch. Oh, yeah, yeah. And that whole thing. Yeah, just chilling, relaxing, me and you, Father Edwin, and I'll just smoke a cigar, relax. I get a call from my wife. Just another Tuesday night. Just another Tuesday night in ministry. Um, I get a call from my wife inside who's like, my water just broke. And I was like, what? Because we've never had... (laughs) Any of our children of the five births, we've never had any come early. Mm-hmm. So, like, in my head, it was like she was going till the 22nd, her due date. No question. And there you go. You guys graciously stayed outside and watched the rest of the game without me. Yeah, we wanted to be a point of stability in the midst of the <laughs> chaos. Just by example, you could see us out the window just... We're calm. Everything's fine. While while my wife's walking around, her water broke. I'm like frantically packing things because I'm like, what is happening? And then also thinking suitcase ready. Yeah. I'm like, also, oh, no, this is like one of those nighttime bursts because we've only had, you know, where you're already tired going into it. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying, right? You've been there. Yeah. Yeah, So it's like when your kid was because it went quick. That was at like 10. No, that was at like 11 because it was towards yeah, the end of the game. it was right at the end of the game. And we get to the hospital like 1140 probably by the time Nikki's mom com- comes over. And you guys offer help if she needs anything. Oh, which yeah. Was we, said, like, we said, we're happy to help if you need anything. <laughs> yeah. Here's our number. <laughs> you, you know, you ever see those like memes or 
you ever seen a show where there's a dog in a fence, right? Like who is a, a, like the dog is behind the fence and the person's wanting to get in, but the dog is like really mean, right? It's a Doberman or Pitbull and they don't know Mm -hmm. what to do or whatever. And they're really scared and they just like quick toss like a piece of meat. So the dog will be distracted and then go run and do something. That's what I picture picture priests with like babysitting a child would be like, if my child would have woke up crying, you would have been like, ah, like toss a little piece of like food or a water bottle in there and quick shut the door. Just order pizza real quick. <laughs> it would yeah. have been amazing. So we get to the hospital around 1145 and by 409 a.m. We already had our child. So uh, we welcome Josephine Stella Stella Scansella into the world. And so Nikki was a trooper. She did awesome. She killed it. Um yeah, it was great. It was great. Still recovering from the sleep. And then afterwards, it was like, yeah, I was on paternity leave. You it's were tra- night. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I haven't pretty much one month later, still haven't slept. So um, you you did some traveling then, too, I think, right? Yeah. Where have I been? Where haven't you been? That's where a better question. Uh, we had a we had some big stuff in our family, uh, graduation kind of things. So I've mm. got some cousins who are in med school who just finished nice. med school and then were matched with their, um, what you call it, their residency program somewhere else, which is a pretty big deal. Um, also had a, a cousin get married, <laughs> like had a lot going on. Uh, another cousin got a new house. And so we, we kind of combined a lot of the celebration into a, a thing with a house blessing and it was really cool. Um, nice. And then I think I got back from that. That was for me, that was just like a, was it just an overnight? I think it was just a weekend kind of thing. Um, and then down in San Antonio, that beautiful clean city, um, that Joey loves so much. San Antonio. Then I came back here, uh, to Dallas and moved into the seminary for a little while. Because we had homeless ministry. Mm. That's a really cool thing that I could go on about forever, but just in a. (laughs) (laughs) Great. We're not going to let you do that, but just in a a little nugget. Give us a little. There's, there's a program called Christ in the city in Denver, and it's a year round thing uh, for these young adults who sign up as missionaries and you can spend one or two years there. You live in close community um, and receive really excellent formation and your mission is to go out in little teams and make friends with people on the street, uh, homeless people, um, to help restore to them a sense of their personal dignity, that they're that they can have friends. And right. often, you know, there's there's a lot of other institutions that are are dedicated to helping them materially and helping them with like long term stuff, but people lose hope um, and. Having someone that you don't know come up and start a friendship and then over the course of a year, like you see them every day or every two days or something, uh, it can really do a lot to rekindle hope in these people's hearts um, and a a real sense of dignity and of being loved. So for the last several years, we've brought them down to Dallas to do a summer program for our seminarians for three weeks um, where they train the seminarians in how to go out in these street teams and uh, 
and it's been a really, really positive experience for the seminarians. So this year, for the first time, we were able to take the new seminarians. We have four guys who are entering seminary this year. Nice. Um, we were able to take them and uh, kind of make that their first experience of seminary life, uh, which is is kind of jumping in the deep end. Um, but it worked out really well, and so I was there present for, for those two weeks, and Sometimes I had to go into the office and do vocation stuff or whatever, but for a lot of those two weeks, I was able to spend um, the time with those street teams, uh, walking around and serving the homeless, and I thought it was fantastic. Just a really, really so. I mean, what does a day look like there? Yeah, so you, you like you just walk around Dallas. Yeah, so they go out in half days, and they'll go out in a team of say like three or four people, something like that. Um, and they have a route that they want to walk. So some routes were downtown, uh, some were sort of by the St. Jude uh, Center. Mm-hmm. In North Dallas, we're like 75 and 635 cross. Uh, there were some other routes in some different places. But right. basically you're looking for where's an area where there's going to be a lot of homeless, so we're not just wandering around doing nothing. Um, and like a sheep without a, lot a shepherd. Of, yeah, right. Yeah, and a lot of how many it traveled in a pack? Three, three to five. Oh, okay. So you're not like all together. No, like no. There were like forty six, guys six just walking up. around. Just that would be more intimidating. Yeah, intimidating. Yeah. Um, and so we would go out for about four hours at a time. Got and it. they're really good at devoting a lot of time throughout the day to prayer and to formation and to team building and stuff. The organization. The organization, yeah. Christ in the City. So they they really emphasize that coming out of this idea that, like, you know, if your cup's empty, you can't can't give anybody a drink. Um, yeah. You need to take care of yourself and of your team. And, and so I really appreciated that aspect of it as well, and it made it kind of a, a full day-long schedule mm-hmm. for the three weeks for the seminarians. Right. Um, but the actual street ministry part, that was for about four hours at a time. And we would walk around, go to some of those kind of tent villages underneath the uh, overpasses. Is it an overpass or an underpass, by the way? Never I think it's been. an overpass. So what's an underpass? Is there an underpass? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's the one Maybe that someone starts. Maybe someone can call in and weigh in on this. Yeah, we don't have the call <laughs> in capabilities, but oh, sure, they could right e- they can email us at uh, what <laughs> is it, prodigalpriest at gmail dot com or stanamparish.org slash ptp. But they could. Wouldn't the underpass be the first of the overpasses? Because it's the under one. I'm not a great spatial thinker. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I I get confused by things like that. So anyway. Okay. Those, uh, let's say, overpasses. Yeah. Um, underneath them, there's a Correct. lot of tents yes. where people live. And sometimes people kind of wander as well. So we would walk along routes like those, uh, go to Austin Street Center as well, um, and different shelters. Uh, I mean, like you weren't, though, and I'm, I'm not saying this in any joking way, you weren't like knocking on tents, right? Like you no, weren't no, like, no. you were only talking to groups that were. We like would, out and like if someone was there were, and be like, hey, very, how's it going? Yeah. The the Christ in the City, like they laid down some ground rules that were really like y- you want everyone to be safe. Mm-hmm. And so you don't want to surprise anybody who's asleep. Yeah. Um, or who <laughs> yeah. might be doing drugs or something right. like that. Not in their right mind. Um, and so 
if we ever approached tents, it was always like calling out like, hey, does anybody want some water? You know, right. like trying trying to announce your presence yeah. well in advance and your intention for yeah. being there. Uh, we're not here to, to kick you out or take your stuff or threaten you in any way. Yeah. If you don't want to talk, no problem. We'll move on. Were you in clerics? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Was everybody? Only the theologian seminarian. So the guys who were like later on in seminary. Nice. And uh, deacons and... Of course, priests. Of course. Of course. Priests. Uh, so there's a mix. And that got some interesting reactions. Um, I was called a preacher by a lot of people. I kind of like that. Because <laughs> <laughs> you preach long. That's why. <laughs> yeah, that's why. <laughs> yeah, I said I wasn't going to use up the whole show talking about this, but <laughs> here we go. But well, here we go. Um, yeah, so that was that was the last couple of weeks, and then, then we had our priest convocation. Oh, we had ordinations as well, priestly right. ordinations. Six six new guys ordained as priests for did, the Diocese of Dallas. And you did some confirmations for St. Anne's in there this <laughs> past weekend. Rocked in. This weekend, I had so many sacraments. I can celebrate it at an ordination, which is not the same thing as ordaining somebody, I guess. But I was there. Um, and then I had a wedding that night, and that wedding was awesome. It was on the Vigil of Pentecost, really beautiful wedding, and... Then the next day, celebrated some masses at Saint Anne, including confirming two teenagers mm-hmm. um, with proper delegation. <laughs> okay, I like have people the are are people worried about that here? Have know. you ever they heard somebody? Like, Isn't that sacrament particular to the episcopate? Who does Father Paul think he is? Well, you, say you, you did it with though. Delegation. I was going to say, say though, that's oh, a great question. Go down this path. Say you did it and didn't get delegation. Valid, I not think it's listed. invalid. I think it's a really, of, yeah. I think it's a matter of validity uh, to confirm somebody. <laughs> I I might be wrong on that. I haven't haven't really. Thought I'd be surprised. About it. Well, I mean, most sacraments, like if you're if you have the right matter and form, then you're talking about a valid. But maybe you don't have permissions, and so it's not listed. Like that's normally the distinction. But I can't. Just go and do. I, actually, I don't know. I take that back. It might be illicit because I can confirm a baby in case of emergency. Right. Um, that's actually what the diocese has recommended for us to do now. Um, case of death, you baptize case, and confirm. Yeah, baptize and confirm. Um, yeah, in danger of death. So if I can do that in an emergency, then you're probably dealing with laicity, whether or not you know you've received the right permissions, rather than yeah. a question of validity uh, with confirmations like this. Mm. Yeah, I think you you talked me out of my my position. Yeah, once again, yeah, I'm solid. This well, time you win. Well, I want to talk about a. We got a few questions, not to cut you off on any of your you know, stories, but stories from the last month. That's right. (laughs) We got a few questions, um, particularly about one topic going to jump into before we do that. I want to say there was, um, this is anonymous, but, uh, there is a a friend of the podcast who, who, uh, donated to us to be able to get some new microphones and things like that. And we just want to say thank you to them. Thank you very Um, much. It's uh, they want to remain anonymous, but you know who you are. 
imagine people are like, oh yeah, that was me. And they're like, <laughs> no, that was actually. Anyway, um, but we had quite a number of questions on the situation. I don't even know if you're familiar with it because you don't watch the news, but Not you probably really. are familiar with church news-ish. Yeah. Um, but the Archbishop of San Francisco um oh, stating that uh Nancy Pelosi is not um I don't know if the term is allowed or just uh, they used a different word pretty much banned from receiving communion in the archdiocese of San yeah. Francisco and a lot of people wrote us just asking like well there's two sides it's very interesting it was almost a side of yeah why don't we do more of this stuff like really mm-hmm. which I'll get into my perspective on that. Um, but then the other side of saying like, wait, like that's just one diocese Do all the diocese have to say that. Like, what if she was, you know, there's some questions about like, does that extend like, or is that go out the jurors? Like you just entered the diocese of Oakland, right? From San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Can she receive there? So there was a question on that. Mm-hmm. And then the third was just on the question of, you know, like, how do we approach it as Catholics? And that whole, um, to them, they're kind of talking about the confusing aspect of, you know, who are we to judge and mm-hmm. different things like yeah. that. So just wanted to talk about it. It's, it's It can be a complicated thing. I do want to say on the one approach where a lot of people are like, yeah, more bishops need to do this, stand up, that. Yes, but are we celebrating more that like this step, which is saying that something so serious is happening mm-hmm. that this person <clears throat> is barred from receiving like Jesus Christ at the Lord's table. Like we should never rejoice in that. Yeah. Like let's rejoice in someone returning back. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, um, we can be, we can be um, happy that, you know, priests and bishops are standing up for our faith, but let's never rejoice at a brother or sister of ours being like divided away, you know? So I just wanted to say that before we get into it. And so what do you know about it? Want to speak into any of it? Um, I know it can be a complicated topic. Um, What do you got? Yeah, I think I'm up to it. I've got all the answers on this one. (laughs) Um. (laughs) Great. Let me, uh, let's start broad. Let's start at the beginning. Okay. Um, when, when the scriptures talk about um, God disciplining his children, it says he does so as a father disciplines um, a son or, or, or a daughter. In Hebrews. Uh, in Hebrews 12, right? Hebrews 12? Pretty sure Hebrews 12, yeah. Hebrews 12. It's well, also father, somewhere else. Well, father Hebrews. like wouldn't. Who loves his child wouldn't discipline yeah, them. It's yeah, it's quoting something from the Old Testament. Do you know where? Mm, somewhere, I don't somewhere know, in I don't one of those <laughs> forty-three books. <laughs> forty-three. Um, anyway, so um, that's that's always our position: is that God is love, and so if anything ever feels like it's you know, there's a certain chastisement there, even even in the way that say John the Baptist or Jesus Himself. Mm. or uh, prophets from the Old Testament uh, will talk to people. Sometimes they'll chastise them, um, but it's always done out of love for the sake of conversion, mm-hmm. a desire for the salvation of the person, a desire that they that they become saints and 
become what they're supposed to be, like completely flourishing, living the life of God. So that's that's the purpose of right. anything that seems harsh. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes strong medicine is necessary, but it's always meant to be done out of love. And so just as that's how, how our Heavenly Father acts towards us, that's how the church acts um, towards public figures who um, are not not living the command, who seem to be living this contradiction. Right. Um, and now anytime you start looking into somebody's life, there's always the, the who am I to judge and like, Am, right. am I being a hypocrite as well? And we should Who be challenged. Who am I to cast the first stone, right? Yeah, you know? no, yeah. we, we should be challenged by that. Like every time we start to look at somebody's life, it should also be a call for greater conversion and coherence right. in our own life. Yeah. Um, because we're all sinners and so we're all hypocritical um, in this way and we have to deal with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but when someone has a, a public position, you're dealing with something that's that's on a different level than one's private life, and that introduces this category of scandal. Right. Um, and so scandal is something that, like, erodes. Uh, I, if there's, like, canonists, actually, I know that there is a canonist who listens to uh, my buddy Father Emmett. Shout out to him. Shout out. He uh, got his degree in canon law, so maybe he can give me more precise canonical language on the definition of scandal. But the idea is something that erodes someone's faith or sets up a stumbling block in the way of their faith. That's what the Greek word means. Mm-hmm. A scandalon is something that you would trip over. And so if you have a Catholic politician who has taken such an extreme stance contrary to the Catholic faith in a public way, um, you're dealing with scandal there. It's placing people at this crossroads of like, yeah. do I really need to believe that? What is the truth after all? Right. And is it a, a matter of private mm-hmm. like belief? There's there's all these questions that arise from that that scandal on that's yeah. put out there. Um, now, disciplinary measures towards a politician or anyone who's public like that, who could be causing a public scandal uh, and um, affecting other people's faith, they're always measuring kind of the two goods, right? We want to reduce the uh, the public scandal of which is which is tripping up people in their faith, right? Um, but we also we want to save the person's soul. Um, That's what I was going to say. This quote from uh, what does it say? The Archbishop Salvatore, yeah, Court alone. Yeah, Cordiglione. Cordiglione. Italian, um, man. This is I like, like I love Godfather it. kind of names. So it says this, just reading this to, to give a little context. It said, a letter addressed to U.S. House Speaker um, by the Archbishop argued that Pelosi's position on abortion has become only more extreme over the years, especially in the last few months. And so therefore he decided to block her from communion as she's ignored his request to explain her stance and that the archbishop was quoted saying, um, uh, he said that he accused Pelosi of failing to understand the grave evil she is cooperating in, the scandals causing and the danger to her own soul she is risking. So she would need to stop receiving communion until she 
publicly uh, she publicly addresses and repudiates her support for abortion. So, mm-hmm. like, it addresses. He's worried about her soul. Yeah. Right. And and he's also saying like we did the Matthew eighteen thing, where you you go first uh, to talk to the person, and then you know you bring two or three, and then you get the whole church involved. Like he right. as a bishop is saying there like like we've tried uh, to not make this a public thing because that's. So just to jump to another question, you have other bishops who will, who will say, at least by their actions, if not by their words, like that's not the way to handle things. Right. And that's part, part of the, the reason for a division in like an approach on this. Right. Um, here, at least what, what Bishop Cordelione is saying, Archbishop Cordelione is saying is that like, I tried the, the personal path, mm-hmm. um, over and over and so now for the good of the individual and the good of the local church yeah i have to make this public thing and he's it's not made triumphantly yeah as like you know drop the hammer on your enemies or something and that's yeah. that's i think where where people rejoicing over this makes us really uncomfortable like yeah. it's not a happy thing right um yeah he literally says <laughs> it says please know i find no pleasure whatsoever in fulfilling my pastoral duty here yeah like the archbishop went on to say um, and we do have to be careful about that in just in our own hearts at rejoicing in someone someone else's uh, separation s- from the Lord, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, I want to, but on the, go ahead. But on the other hand, I I do think that you know, I I pray that something something healing can come from this, right? Um, and that it be healing for people's faith. Yeah. Uh, as well, you know, reducing the stumbling block mm-hmm. or removing, um, as well as uh, healing for for Pelosi um, herself uh, or salvific. Yeah. That's that's kind of the the complex thing, and that really, like, the canons do provide that path, uh, but I think it's it's up to the prudence of the bishop how he how he walks down that path and how quickly he moves to the end of making this like public statement. Right. Um, I, I think there's a lot that happens yeah. behind the scenes as well. For sure. Uh, that, that we don't see. Well, and maybe, um, so give us some clarification on what that means per diocese. Yeah. So, I love that. And then also just your take on an kind of same hot topic issue. I think what people are struggling with is, wait, you're telling me the archbishop is denying Nancy Pelosi, but no one's denying the president, you know, like, so it, it's always followed yeah. with that. I've heard that a lot. And so, um, if we don't get to that one, that's okay. I'd rather hear about the, the diocese. Like, is that yeah. well, just for the diocese of San Francisco? Yeah, it is. Okay, so... Because the bishop doesn't have jurisdiction outside of his diocese. That's what I assume. So really, I don't want this to sound bad. Is it as big of a deal as like... I know she's there most of the time, but it's also like, well, she goes other places. So every bishop of every diocese would have to put out a similar thing. Like... They... I mean... So like the public statement is one thing. But like the the policy to inform your priest is another that doesn't right. have to be done in a really 
public way. Got it. Like, I think the message has been made clear. I know that there are bishops who have sort of said, like, I'm on board with this. I support you in this. Yeah. And I know that that's true of some of the neighboring bishops, too. Like, I think I remember the Bishop of Oakland specifically Mm. uh, being on that list of, um, like, I support you in this. So that, to me, says that policy is also extended to that diocese. Right. That that's the way that the bishop has instructed his priests. Um to act were she to present herself for communion. Right. Uh, I know that, that that's also not the case in D.C. where she goes a lot. And so, like, right. there is some, some, uh, yeah, just some difference there. And, um, yeah. like, I really want to, you know, weigh in and say, I think this would be the right approach, sort of blanket across the way. But, like, the way that the Lord has set up the church is to entrust the successors of the apostles with mm. the care of the souls in a particular area. Yeah. Um, and so like we do have to respect the judgment of the bishop or the archbishop mm. or whatever for his diocese. Yeah. Um, and also recognize that very often there are conversations going on behind the scenes. And so one bishop saying, I don't, I don't like the public declaration he might be much more inclined to like, I'm going to, I think we're not done pursuing private channels. Yeah. I think, I think to give him the benefit of the doubt uh, in charity would be to, to take a position like that. Um, yeah. But so last but not least, so if a hypothetical, right, if, if she was, you knew she was visiting St. Anne's and you're the priest here, is that a conversation with your bishop? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, if you if you at knew, this point if you knew right? in advance, yeah, um, yeah, that should be a conversation with the bishop. I haven't thought about like the what priest would doesn't happen. have the ability in that moment to make a decision, game time decision. I know the priest does when it comes to parishioners. Not that this happens very much, but right. like if you have if there is a similar a sim similar situation in your parish. Where like this this person is you have a, a representative or you and, know yeah somebody and we've we've talked over and over with them and uh, we've come to the point where we have to to publicly deny them communion even if we're not going to advertise it like then you know the priest would definitely be in contact with his bishop on that because it it could become a big thing but right. but that's that's kind of something that's that's handled in house if you see someone who's visiting. If you know in advance, I would definitely talk to the bishop. Otherwise, I I don't know. Um, it's tough. Yeah, it's it's kind of a, a tricky situation because like yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, um, well, I think before we finish here, I want to address one other thing that is not related to this topic at all, and then I think it would be nice if we maybe close by praying, praying for Pelosi. Um, I mean, I encourage all Catholics yeah. to like for, you know, the return of that soul to know the Lord. And so, um, so you got some news with the last ordination. I did get some news that, uh, yeah. you are being moved from St. Anne's. So being moved once again, so not your role, you'll retain your role as vocation director mm-hmm. and all that, but you are in residency here. Right. And you are being kicked out of St. Anne's Rectory. And uh, tell the people 
where you're being assigned to. I'm being assigned to drum roll. St. <laughs> Monica. Uh, St. Monica in Dallas. So it's on Walnut. <laughs> Sorry. You're like St. Monica. St. Monica. Yeah, St. Monica. Catholic <laughs> Church. Um, uh, Walnut Hill and Midway, really pretty central location. I think that's the main reason. Um, makes sense. Another to, Italian, Father Guadagnoli. <laughs> yeah, Guadagnoli. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Um, yeah. So I'm going to, to move later this summer. And be in residence. I won't be assigned there, just like I haven't been assigned to St. Anne for the last year. Uh, but I will be living there in residence. I also received another position. Ah. Drum roll. <laughs> we need a better drum roll. We um, probably have one, but it's like, yeah, buried deep in the computer, all that. Anyway, go ahead. I'm going to be associate chaplain at the University of Dallas. <laughs> associate Da-da-da. to the regional manager. <laughs> yeah, assistant <laughs> to the regional manager, chaplain at UD, which I'm super excited about. Uh, UD sort of means the world to me. Uh, I no, uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I, no. I, I came from, from Bermuda to study physics at UD, uh, had my conversion there. UD is mm. where I met the Lord. UD is where I heard the call to priesthood. UD is why I discerned for the Diocese of Dallas mm-hmm. and not for Bermuda or Houston or some other place. Yeah, um, It all kind of happened there for me. Right. And um, the thought of, I've been involved there a little bit over this last year, just mm-hmm. kind of subbing in for some masses, but the thought of being assigned there as associate to the chaplain, the associate chaplain, <laughs> um, is is really exciting. I think it's a, it's, it's going to be really cool. Uh, so, both of those things start in uh, effective in July. A uh, little July 1 pretty, effectiveness, right? Pretty, pretty quick turnaround. Pretty quick turnaround. Um, so I've got some changes. I appreciate prayers because it's never fun to move. Uh, St. Anne is is my adopted home in the mm-hmm. diocese. And uh, this is... I, I went through some, some serious grieving last year when mm-hmm. I got transferred... Uh, to be vocation director and not to be assigned to St. Anne anymore. Yeah. Uh, but a, a really nice gift in all of that was the ability to keep living here. Uh, I understand the decision now, and I'm actually I'm getting more and more excited about the the potential mm-hmm. uh, for this new year. But but I have to say it's uh it's also it's kind of weird to think I'm not going to be living here anymore. Yeah. Um, now the question that's on everyone's mind. <laughs> Will the podcast go on? <laughs> that is the only question <laughs> yeah. people have been They're wondering. Like, yeah, all right, get over with yeah. Exactly. Yes, it still will be going on. We're going to find a way. So bear with us over the next few weeks as we try to put out podcasts. I know normally we've been putting out on like the Wednesdays or things like that or Fridays, depending when we did it. But um, yeah, bear with us as we figure out a schedule now that Father Paul will be a little bit further away. Than schedule. Hey, wake up and walk over here or me, you know, (laughs) drop off my kids that we may be recording, you know, more than one at a certain time and releasing. So pray for us off site. Ooh, we'll have to do the traveling, traveling road trailer. Yeah, exactly. We'll have to do a speaking venues and live audience questions, all of that. That'd be great. I like it. Love it. So pray for us, pray for father Paul, um, pray for my wife that she gets sleep 
you know, and caring for four children. I know it's hard to move as a priest, but also, you know, <laughs> somebody you just moved, you know, yeah, a child uh, and- <laughs> moved while my wife was nine months pregnant into a fixer up or had a baby. But, you know, I know, I know clericalism. We all love that. <laughs> right. Yeah. So but- got a lot of books, man. Got all this stuff to carry. <laughs> We're fading you out. All right, everybody, take care. Uh, send us your thoughts. And uh, no, not your thoughts, only your questions, actually. <laughs> send your questions, slash PTP or uh, prodigalandthepriest at gmail.com. Take care. God bless. <laughs>